Welcome to another episode of the Tax-Free Crypto Podcast. I hope it's been helpful to you if we've tried to take some complex news and bring it down to some simple terms. Uh, well, we made it through September. It's nearly over. We're almost there. And to see what we've been through, uh, September's never been a good month for cryptocurrency. It's never been a good month uh, even for the stock market. But uh, we've made it through. I uh, went heavy on some coins, some tokens. I uh, even bought an NFT uh, this past uh, couple of weeks as well. So I'm sort of doubling down as prices sort of are leveling out. But I just kind of have this case for the bull market that we see sort of on the rise. So my case for the bull market that should happen that we're all anticipated for is actually what we're going to talk about on this episode of the Tax-Free Crypto Podcast. But before I get there, what Tax-Free Crypto is, is we are a website you go to for an exchange to buy cryptocurrency through your Roth IRA. We are tax-free because you can buy cryptocurrency through a Roth IRA. And uh, so if you go to our website, taxfreecrypto.com, click on the Get Started link. Uh, and then when you get to that next page, it's going to ask you to either pay $250 to set up an account, or if you use the promo code TFC podcast, TFC podcast, it's a free account. Open it up, and then you open it up by whatever fund you'd like. You can do it through a 401, a SEP, a simple, uh, but to make it a, a tax-free account, we always recommend people to open up a Roth IRA because that means your gains are completely tax-free. You can roll over from another retirement account to do that, or you can self-fund it uh, with the limitations of contribution, of course. But this is what makes it tax-free crypto is because you can buy and sell cryptocurrency through your Roth IRA. So that's who we are. Uh, follow me on Twitter, uh, tax-free underscore crypto, tax-free underscore crypto. And uh, let's kind of hang out together on uh, Twitter or X as it's known now. All right, so let's talk about this bull run that I anticipate coming up. We've been in one of the longest stretches of a bear run I can ever remember, uh, but it's kind of going somewhere, and there's a, a few reasons as to why I think, a few rings I, things I've written down as to why I think uh, the bear market is almost over, uh, whether we have another six months of it or if just around the corner comes the, the bull run, I don't know, uh, but I think we're toward the tail end, so I just wanna give my thoughts and observations on what I've seen. One of the reasons that I think the bull run is coming is because of the Bitcoin halving event. Now, we've talked about the halving here on the Tax for Crypto podcast before, uh, and the halving event is simply when uh, the people who mine for Bitcoin, uh, they're only gonna be awarded a lesser amount in the next halving. So every four years, it's built into the algorithm of Bitcoin that every four years, Bitcoin is cut in half as far as how the miners are rewarded. Uh, back in 2009, miners were rewarded 50 Bitcoin. You imagine having 50 Bitcoin, that's what, what they were rewarded. Four years later, it went down to 25. Four years later, 12 and a half. Four years later, 6.25, which is where we're at right now. So the next halving event, which should be April or May of 2024, it's gonna go down to three a little over three. And so because of that halving event, what we've seen historically is every time the halving event happens specifically for Bitcoin, and Litecoin, by the way, recently had its own halving as well, but every time historically we've seen Bitcoin have, uh, there's been three so far, every single one of them it has been a catalyst for big, big crypto rallies. 
Every single time that it's happened, we've seen it grow exponentially. In 2012, Bitcoin rose 365% leading up to the halving and 8,000% in the year following the halving. In 2016, Bitcoin rose 142% leading up to the halving and 284% it rose in the year following it. And then in 2020, the last halving that occurred, Bitcoin rose 17% leading up to the halving and then 559% in the year following it. So each time those last three halvings happen, we've seen a rally. And not just Bitcoin grew exponentially, but all the other cryptos associated with it, close to it, or just pretty much all the altcoins, meme coins, they also rose along with it. So because of the halving coming up, historically we've seen that. So in a nutshell, Bitcoin halvings equals, sh equals shades of green for Bitcoin and happy investors. The other reason I think that there's a reason for the bull run, all this talk of the ETFs. Again, we've also independently discussed the ETFs here on the Tax Free Crypto Podcast. I've explained the difference between a, between a futures big, um, ETF and a um, uh, spot ETF and what those are, go back into our archive to look up those different uh, things if you'd like to see what the difference between those are. But all of this talk of the ETF, an exchange-traded fund that's happening by BlackRock, ARK, um, by uh, uh, Fidelity, Vanguard, all these other major financial institutions they've put in their applications. Uh, ARK, they were not denied. They were just told not yet. Grayscale, right, the largest manager of digital assets that's out there, they put in for a spot Bitcoin ETF a while back. They sued the SEC and they just won their case. So the question is not if a spot Bitcoin ETF is going to be approved. Actually, the, the question is when. When's it going to happen? It's absolutely inevitable what's going to happen with that ETF. We know that that's going to come in. Uh, so uh, again, with the financial institutions, we talked about BlackRock, Fidelity, Franklin Templeton, Invesco, WisdomTree, VanEck, ProShares, GlobalX, Grayscale, Bitwise, Roundhill, and, and a few others. Uh, it's funny how a lot of these firms said they wouldn't touch crypto with a 10-foot pole a few years ago, but now they're all doing that thing where you throw an invisible rope out there and sort of kind of drag it in right now. It's, it's the best friend, Larry Fink, who is the uh, um, uh, CEO, leading manager of BlackRock. Uh, he himself has said, Bitcoin is digital gold, whereas just a few years ago, they were laughing at it. To see that now, we, we heard them talk about crypto that way. Now we're seeing the adoptions rate rise, and now they're putting in, hey, we want to get in on the price of that. So uh, this is why this ETF situation is good. ETFs have historically led to price rallies for assets, right? When an ETF bought gold, right? This happened with gold. Gold was a good uh, uh, thing to possess and have, but as soon as an ETF began to own it, we saw the price of gold go up. Uh, so it hit a a record high uh, when, let's see, the first gold ETF was listed on the New York Stock Exchange, Stock Exchange back in November of 04. And within the first few days, the ETF saw $1 billion plus in flows through it. So within a few years, the price of gold hit a record high. Uh, that's what, what an ETF did to just gold, which was already a precious metal, already something people wanted to invest in as it was. So with all these institutions rushing into file for a Bitcoin ETF, it's coming again to a matter of when, uh, not if this happens. So uh, and I think the best bet is BlackRock. I mean, they are batting 500 when it comes to their ETFs. They are just uh, really never had anything denied by the SEC. So 
I think that because of the Bitcoin halving that's coming, the ETF approval sort of in waiting that, that's happening, uh, these are some reasons why I think the bull run is kind of on, on next. And then uh, one of the number one reasons I think that uh, crypto fundamentals have, uh, the, what I think about uh, the bear market coming to an end and the bull market coming to its uh, ride, the bull ride that's coming up, uh, I think one of the number one reasons is that crypto's fundamentals have gotten stronger during the bear market. So what I mean by that is, while prices may have decreased a little bit when it comes to these things, the overall value have, of crypto has increased. I know that may sound a little bit confusing, so let me try to explain it with this quote. Valuation oscillates up and down around value. I'll, let me read that again. Um, valuation oscillates up and down around value. That was made by Dharma Shah, who's the billionaire and founder of HubSpot. And I thought that was an interesting quote because value is often associated with the valuation or otherwise known as prices of an asset. But the problem with that is that prices are subjected to a lot of different variables like economic crashes, high interest rates, forced liquidations, etc. those things. That's kind of what uh, prices are subject to. So although the value and valuation are definitely related, they are not the same thing. Uh, for example, let's look at Ethereum's price, right? Ether's price. Uh, the price of ETH is down. It went down a little bit today as well. But nonetheless, it doesn't mean that Ethereum has become less valuable, has it? No, absolutely not. More importantly, heck no, that's not the case. That's not what happened. So if anything, Ether's value has increased. Its value has increased. Its price not might have increased, but its value did. Uh, so now back to the overall crypt crypto market. How can we tell if the true value of crypto has gone up? Right now, again, this is all speculation. This is all my opinion. This is me trying to be the, the uh, uh, ever uh, optimistic person uh, that I am. So uh, how can you tell that the overall value of crypto has gone up? It is, here's my math equation. It's the number of people on earth who believe crypto is valuable times the intensity of that belief. Uh, so when the bear market, during this bear market, market, it has scared a lot of people away, right? There have been plenty of new, also uh, plenty of new and familiar faces that have stuck around and got there. I've gone heavy. I've bought more because crypto has been on sale. Uh, you know, it's, it, it went down. So I'm just buying the dips, buying the dips, buying the dips. Uh, so in uh, other faces that have joined the party, for example, Shopify integrated stablecoin payment into its platform. I had a whole podcast on this with Shopify doing that deal with Solana Pay. Uh, that's a, a major news thing. Visa partnered with Solana also to make uh, cross-border payments easier. So Visa sees the writing on the wall. You know, Visa and MasterCard could have been uh, the next blockbuster story, right? Not willing to integrate what is inevitable, but we're not seeing that. They're starting to be early adopters and integrators of these things. Who else has got on there? Telegram. They have 800 million monthly losers. Uh, losers. Sorry if you use Telegram. I, that was a Freudian. Uh, Telegram, 800 million monthly users. They launched the whole crypto ecosystem that includes a blockchain. It includes a crypto wallet. I mean, they're going the whole nine yards. They're new and familiar faces coming into the crypto market. Uh, Grab, which is the Uber of Asia, they created a new Web3 wallet that lets users pay for stuff in crypto. 
Uh, so they, they're coming into the scene. Twitter added an NFT feature to the app, and there's rumors that crypto payments could be integrated next into Twitter. And we know how much uh, Daddy Elon loves his Dogecoin, or at least you know we call him the Doge father for a reason. Many of us bought Doge when he kept talking about it. I'm still hodling that, by the way. Uh, so I wouldn't doubt when X integrates uh, uh, those payments, it's going to be Dogecoin or maybe a stable coin. You know, who knows? But they've already added NFT features to the app. Uh, musicians and artists around the world, they've launched their work on blockchains. I recently read about Justin Bieber, who uh, one of his tours, it was either a tour or a concert. I can't remember. Uh, but you could have invested into his tour with an NFT. If you bought a $28 NFT, you could have invested, purchased that NFT, and you would have got a return on, on that, that investment. I think they issued a few thousand, and just within a couple of hours, they were sold out. So whatever Justin's uh, concert did or tour did to make profits, those people who invested in it through an ETF we're able to make some gains. So I find that quite interesting as well. So the list can go on and on and on and on. So this is sort of my optimistic look as to why I think the bear run is ending and the bull ride is about to happen. It's just these three situations, the Bitcoin having around the corner, the, the uh, spot ETFs that are being approved. I mentioned a while back uh, or a few podcasts back as well that Kathy Wood of ARK Invest she uh, just put in for a spot Ethereum ETF. So not only are we looking for an ETF, a spot ETF in the Bitcoin sphere to come along, it's also now the Ethereum market that's going to come around. So with, the, again, let's just uh, go that over again. With the having coming up around the corner, with the ETF approval uh, process happening, and then with how strong uh, the fundamentals have gotten throughout this bear market with cryptocurrencies, I think that um, uh, you should really consider having a tax-free strategy when it comes to your cryptocurrency. If you're going to be in the crypto game, if you are in the crypto game, I don't know why one of your strategy, strategies wouldn't be in a tax-free vehicle. And you can do that at taxfreecrypto.com. Use the promo code TFC Podcast for a free uh, setup of your account. Otherwise, it's $250. And with that being said, we have a special guest here today. His name is Mark Fiddleman. And uh, I look forward to, to, I've been looking forward to talking to him for a while. He's an expert in the world of tokenization and security tokens. And he's the founder of Smart Blocks Agency. And so we welcome and invite Mark. All right. So, Mark, why don't you just tell us about yourself? Yeah. I mean, uh, how much time do we have? No, I'm, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> uh, so I'll make a long story short. I've always been in marketing and or sales, have run companies, have brought a few crypto companies public, have brought uh, security tokens public. And um, my current focus is twofold. One, we run an agency for tokenization. We'll soup to nuts. We'll tokenize your asset. It's got to be a real asset over $5 million. Um and we're building a platform to be able to do this yourself, but just real estate to start with. So if you want to tokenize commercial real estate or, or just your residential property, which I'm not a big fan of, but I know that's where everyone wants to begin, uh, you can do that. That's that's fascinating. And so that, that's what your whole smart blocks agency, this is how it's designed. What, what's the genesis of that? How did you come up with that concept? Well, I mean, basically Gary Gensler came up with it for me. He's, <laughs> he's attacking everything crypto. 
I don't trust these bureaucrats. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've you've been following, I hope, the Ripple case where oh, yeah. the, where you know this guy's just a, a, a sheriff in the Wild Wild West doing what yeah. he wants yeah. and refuses to provide clarity as to what is a security, what's not. It's re- he's relying on a 1942 law or something like that. Uh, you know, an Orange Grove law. I mean, it's like, come on, dude, you're just doing. This. And, and his whole response to all of us is. Oh, let your attorney figure it out. Well, the attorneys have figured it out and they in direct conflict with what you're saying. Yeah. So uh, I said, look, I don't want a Wells notice. I don't mm-hmm. want to mess with the law. The system is corrupt as it is. It really is, by the way. Uh, another whole okay. other topic. So let me stay outside of it by following their rules or their exemptions specifically, which are Reg A, Reg D, Reg CF. So mm-hmm. everything I do involves one of those if I'm working in the U.S. If I'm outside the U.S., obviously, there's whole different rules. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I find that fascinating. And in, in crypto, we we know it's inevitable. We know where it's going. Uh, the mass adoption rate by people. And, and I mean, there's, what, 300 plus of the Fortune 500 companies that are utilizing it for uh, goods or services. I mean, it, it's definitely inevitable. I just I sent out a tweet uh, and I tagged old brother Gary in it saying, dude, it's inevitable. Just be on the right side of history. Don't be that guy. Uh, he's that guy. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's probably got some buddies at the old Goldman Sachs, all those guys, you know, they're, they're like, slow this down for us until we get caught up and surpass <laughs> everyone else. And then we'll take over. Or uh, let's, I'm pretty let's, sure that's the conversation. Yeah. Or let's, let's drop that Bitcoin price a little lower so you can approve that, that spot ETF. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I don't know if he's even doing that. He, he wouldn't approve Blackstones or anyone right. else's ETF. I just think he's just anti-crypto at this point, thinks it's all a scam. The reason I know that is I've had some conversations with one of his former uh, department heads and Ooh. he was, he was giving the same talking points. I can't remember. He's an attorney. He was giving me the same talking points. And then when the Ripple decision came out, he was all upset. Oh, the judge got it wrong. It'll be overturned. Yeah, we'll see about that. Yeah. Yeah, I highly doubt that. So I, I doubled down on my XRP after that. Right. Yeah. And then same with Grayscale. When they won, it's like, okay, I, I'm trying my best to have uh, my strategy. Like in my tax-free crypto account, I almost have a full Bitcoin purchased, but on my other exchange, I have a full Bitcoin. And uh, so I'm, I'm glad to say I'm one of the the few. I was thinking about that. I, I read a tweet the other day about there's only 21 million uh, Bitcoin or will ever be 21 million. And, and right now there's like 600 and something uh, thousand uh, total millionaires in the world. So there's more millionaires than, than there's available crypto or Bitcoin. Anyways, I thought yeah. that was a fascinating sort of analogy. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if Bitcoin becomes more of a a currency, I think uh, we'll see a lot more value in it. But I'm okay with it just being a reserve. Oh, like agree. A, a gold. I'm okay with that. I mean, they're trying to turn Bitcoin into an NFT producer and a and uh, you know currency. I don't know. Do you re- really need that? Maybe I guess. I don't know. I mean, Ethereum does good. We were just talking before mm-hmm. we started today about, you know, its ecosystem and what it's doing for those markets. And I mean, stable coins, I think, are better for currency as it is. And Solana Pay, what they're doing with Shopify and uh, Visa, right, partnering with Solana Pay now to send overseas yep. payments. I mean, we, we kind of already have the payment structure. But yeah, as you said, Bitcoin is a reserve or, or the, the definite commodity that it's been defined as. Yeah, I'm with you on that. 
You know we're going to get hate mail from the Bitcoin maxis on that one. <laughs> hey, but I'm still doubling down while it's on sale, man. I'm doing my best right. to buy it up. So <laughs> Yeah, it's so funny you say on sale. I mean, this thing was trading at $3,000 just four or five years ago. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, all, all for all the case. Well, that's that's awesome, Mark. I'm super delighted that you're here, that you're with us. I know that we were uh, connected together, uh, connected together through a uh, a Tinder website, is what I say, uh, and it's just called Podmatch, where they get people together to do that. So I was delighted when I came across your profile. It was quite interesting. Uh, what else about tokenization or if a uh, one of our listeners who heard this that would be more interested in finding more about you or how he can use your services, what would you yeah, tell them? I mean, uh, look, even Blackstone says it, City says it, all the big banks are saying it, so, you, so you, you have to pay attention. Everything will be tokenized of any value in the future. You know, we're not talking tomorrow. By 2030, they're predicting $16 trillion. Real estate alone globally is a $480 trillion asset. Mm. Uh, so tokenization <clears throat> isn't a billion-dollar industry. It is a multi-trillion-dollar industry. You add in the bonds, the equity, and debt that's out there. Mm -hmm. And you know we're talking almost a quadrillion dollars that could be or, – or of assets that could be tokenized. Now, it's not going to happen fast because the infrastructure isn't in place. Right, and there are still some things that are that need to be uh, put in place in order for this to be effective. But if you could picture a world and by 2030, you can have me back. Hopefully, you still have your show, <laughs> where because it's tokenized, everything is done automatically through smart contracts. So, for example, mm -hmm. if I'm paying my mortgage, for example, uh, my utility bill is paid. Everything's paid as a result of of it being tokenized because it's smart enough to know that this needs to be done, this needs to be done, this needs to be done in relation to that asset. Mm. And that's just the beginning. So you, you see how smart contracts work today oh, just yeah. on Ethereum and, and other, that will happen with tokenized assets, whether you like it or not. And I'm not mm -hmm. talking CDBC, I, I, I'm anti-CDBC, we should never let this happen. Oh, yeah. Hopefully we Great. don't let this happen. And this is where the Bitcoin maxis and I do agree, uh, but it will be something that you control and you put in place you invest tax-free automatically because mm -hmm. it's smart enough to know that, hey, this went into my wallet or my account. I want to do this, this, and this based on an AI program that's gone out there and said, hey, tax-free crypto said to invest in this, and I follow them, and, and that's what it's going to do. Oh, I'm automated. So you're, you put in your life goals, and everything will be done automatic because it's tokenized. So right. that's the world in 2030. I guarantee it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's it's delightful. I saw um, uh, scrolling through my Twitter feed as well. There was a uh, another video that was circulating, and I think it was a commercial from the early '90s. I think it was '92 or '93. I was 13 years old in '93, and uh, it was about how Burger King just started accepting credit cards for payment. And <laughs> yeah, it it was fascinating to see that. Yeah that disgust of like, oh, it's going to take forever. Why can't they just take my cash and give me my change back? And, I, you know, I was invested in it at 13. I didn't care. You know, I just wanted yeah. my pop or whatever my parents used, but I remember them sort of making fun of it. And uh, it was just hilarious to watch us obviously evolve to now where even the internet wasn't anything until, you know, the mid nineties or 97. And I keep con trying to convince people like, look, if you could go back to 97 when you were pooing the internet, 
wouldn't you say, I, I wish I had bought this thing called Amazon. I wish I would have bought into this thing called Google, right? Like this is the time to redeem yourself right now. It's the time yeah. because you're still an early bird and early adopter to so much of this stuff. And tokenization is definitely one of them. That's super fascinating. So yeah, I mean, if you go back to that credit card era, the reason why people were upset because it was done with this machine that you go, shh, shh, shh. Right. I, don't know if I don't know if you're old enough to remember that, but oh yeah. So most people didn't use credit cards because it, it wasn't digitized. Uh -uh. And, and that's similar to assets today. Mm. They're not digitized. So they're hard to move around. You can't imagine a world where most assets are digitized because it's going to tra transform everything. Just like credit cards are kind of default. Who goes in and pays with cash anymore? I don't know anyone. I mean, tips maybe, but most people, because the, the currency is digitized, yeah. you're able to do things faster, quicker, and automatic. Well, tokenization is a whole nother level to that. Yeah, we call it the HNL, the whole nother level. That's how my girls try to teach me with that. Well, that's fascinating, Mark. Anything else you want to add of value to this or or how people can get involved in what you're doing? Well, I mean, just based on your tax-free crypto, imagine you could invest in fractional shares of real estate and yeah. have built-in tax-free benefits, and you could do it globally. You, you mm -hmm. couldn't do this before. So, for example, you could invest in Dubai real estate uh, through us or through other people. And um, because there's no taxes there, as long as you keep the money there, mm -hmm. you know, you have to report to the IRS, but uh, sure. you're, you're not paying taxes on that stuff. And there's tax-free ways of getting the money in and out. So there are many benefits to a global system if you're okay with having your money in wallets, digital wallets, which most of your people have got to be if they're listening to this or watching this. So um, just check in more into it. Uh, follow me or, or better go to my newsletter, kryptonize.substack.com. And we talk about, that's all we do is talk about tokenization, what's going on there. That's awesome. Yeah. A lot of the crowd that I follow, I'm, I'm part of a, a mastermind out there specifically that is all about this money movement in and out of their tax, uh, their tax-free sort of retirement accounts, whether it's a 401, a SEP, a simple, uh, a solo uh, Roth or through a Rob structure, uh, if you're a business person or a blocker corp, you name it. And it's just people releasing their funds from those accounts to make an investment. And then, of course, the investment is structured to pay back into that account. Uh, so we're seeing a lot of people ping pong their money uh, in the various ways that you're talking about. So that's really cool. Uh, we will direct them to that site. I'll put the information in the description of the video, uh, as well as um, other places where they can find this podcast, because uh, I'd love people to get more information on how to make a viable uh, investment through a tax-free vehicle. Uh, because if you're going to be trading in these things, you might as well have one of your strategies through a tax-free vehicle. Absolutely. Uh, very cool. Well, Mark, I'm delighted to have had you on this podcast. Uh, I really do appreciate it. And uh, to your audience, thanks for listening in and being a faithful follower of Mark. And uh, until next time, Mark, if there's something you want to share with our people, where they can find you on socials or how they can contact you if they so decide to do so. Wonderful. Thank you. Thanks again. Tax-Free Crypto.